Good morning, I'm Earl Stewart. I welcome you to Earl Stewart on Cars, a live talk show all about how to buy, lease, maintain, or repair your car without being ripped off by a car dealer. With me in the studio is Nancy Stewart, my wife, co-host, and a strong consumer advocate, especially for our female listeners. We also have Rick Kearney, an expert on how to keep your car running right. I dare you to ask a question that Rick can't answer about the mechanics or electronics of your car. Also with us is my son, Stu Stewart, our link to cyber space through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Periscope. Stu is also the Spymaster Director of our Mystery Shopping Report. He dispatches our secret shopper weekly to an unsuspecting South Florida dealership. And now, on with the show. Good morning, everyone. Well, we're all back. We're all healthy. We're uh, wearing our masks this morning. And uh, for you uh, newer listeners or from out of the area, uh, Unfortunately, uh, we're part of one of the states, one of the areas, actually, where this uh, COVID Omicron thing is peaking. But uh, I kind of think it's peaked. I think maybe it's coming down. Who knows? Maybe next week you'll see my beautiful face and Nancy's and Stu's and Rick's, and we'll be here, uh, you know, uh, with a big smile. But right now, uh, we got to take caution, and that's what we're doing. And uh, you should, too, by the way. I'm not going to give you a commercial on that. You heard the recorded uh, uh, introduction. And uh, we are uh, live in the studio. And we're here to help you navigate uh, through this minefield of car dealerships around the world, uh, especially in Florida, the United States, uh, to uh, buy a car. And probably uh, the most hazardous, uh, dangerous, Car, uh, car buying market uh, that we have ever been in. And uh, I think that uh, if you ever had to be careful going into a car dealership, it's 2021, 2022, and probably back in the uh, tail end of 2020. So it's, uh, uh, it's going to be here for a while, and we have a huge uh, shortage of uh, vehicles, uh, new and used. The car dealers are in Fat City making money hand over fist. You may say, how? I mean, there's a, if, if we're out of cars and the dealer's lots only have a few cars on them, I mean, the typical dealer that would sell 200 cars a month will have 10 cars on a lot. Now, how could you be making money? Well, very simple. People are buying cars through the ordering process, probably the way you really should buy a car anyway. But in the past, car dealers were up to their eyeballs in cars. Uh, the manufacturers uh, saw to that because if you don't order enough cars, they don't like you. And if you're a Ford dealer and the Ford wants you to buy cars and you don't buy cars, you might not be a Ford dealer one day. So uh, inventories were huge uh, because of the huge inventories and the cost of maintaining these inventories, lack of storage space. Uh, you have to be very competitive. And uh, there's two ways to uh, sell cars when you got too many, uh, you can drop the price or you can lie, cheat, and steal. You know, uh, unfortunately, we have too many dealers out there that do a little bit of both. And uh, that's where we are. Uh, in fairness to the dealers, because of the huge inventories in years past and because of the pressure from the manufacturers, uh, dealers were not making a lot of money in the new car department. Now you say, what? I mean, here I am uh, doing a show about how to be careful not to be taken advantage of by a dealer, but you're saying, and then you're saying the dealers still weren't making money back then? Well, 
you look at the stats, National Automobile Dealers Association every year comes out with uh, a report on the profitability of car dealers. And not, I'm not saying the car dealership as a whole doesn't make a lot of money in years past. They do. They did. Uh, but uh, they didn't make that much money in the new car department. In fact, the average profit in a new car department for the average car dealership was probably about a break-even. Now, it's huge. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, car dealers are all having record years. And this includes my dealership. Full disclosure, uh, we have a Toyota dealership. Uh, we've had it for 47 years, actually. And uh, in those 47 years, uh, last year, and my son is my general manager, he's sitting right across uh, the, the table here for me in the radio studio, uh, he will verify the fact that we had the best year we've ever had profit-wise. Profit oh, yeah. uh, By far. And we did it at a time when, uh, what do we have, uh, 20 cars on the lot right now? That would be, well, right now we have about 20 cars on the yeah, lot. Yeah, maybe 20 cars. Yeah. So. Uh, uh, it's a whole new game, a whole new ball game out there. So when you go in to buy a car, and by the way, I recommend you don't buy a car. I, I hear them now, the car dealer listening, what? Car dealer Earl Stewart is telling people don't buy cars? Yeah, I mean, uh, I have a conscience, and I, I have to be honest with you. Uh, that's what we do on this show, we're honest with you. and. Uh, I wouldn't recommend anybody go out and buy a new or used car today. Now, some of you have to, and some of you want to. So we're going to tell you, if you have to or want to buy a car, we're going to tell you how to be safe about doing that. Uh, a lot of this uh, probably applies to repairing and maintaining the cars. And we have Rick Kearney, uh, our certified diagnostic master technician, that will tell you how to maybe, maybe you can fix it yourself. Or maybe you can uh, postpone a repair, or maybe you don't need the repair. If you have to have the repair, maybe how you can save some money on it. So uh, we're here to serve you, buy new and used cars, lease uh, new cars, uh, repair and maintain your car, and save some money. So uh, you make the show, and we have a telephone number, old-fashioned telephone number, 877-960-9960. That's 877-960-9960. Please call the show. We prefer the personal phone call, and we will get to you right away when you call. Uh, but we have a whole lot of other ways to call us, to contact us, lots of ways. A text. Texts are good because you can text us a question, rest assured we will answer it, maybe not immediately, and it might even be the end of the show and possibly the following week. But if you text us at 772-497-6530, that's 772-497-6530, text us. And uh, Stu monitors that, my son. And uh, when we have a lull, when we have a time, time to get to it, we jump in and we cl clean up the text. Now, uh, Rick monitors YouTube and that's a very popular way to contact the show, youtube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. youtube.com forward slash Earl on Cars. He's, he's watching the posts there, and we will read your posts, answer your questions, or, or, or air your criticisms or compliments. We take both. Insults, criticism, compliments, we're not picky. We, this is live radio, and we have a lot of fun. 
and we have some outrageous things that happen on this show. And we, because it's not just information and education, it's entertainment too, right? <coughs> That's entertainment. I try to be funny. <laughs> yeah, we all <coughs> we all try to be funny. Oh, by the way, talk about fun. Uh, I, I got a, a Jonathan, our, our our vice president. What do we call him? Vice president of digital communications. Uh, he has informed us of some uh, amazing information on who is actually listening and watching the show via podcast. Now, who would you guess what what uh, metro area, what uh, municipality, what city, uh, uh, what area of the country? And here we are in South Florida. You know, we're in you know Palm Beach County. Who would? Who would be watching the most podcast to our show? Delray Beach? No. Oh. Do you know the answer? Miami? Oh, you, you know the answer. Know the answer. You're setting me up. Okay, that's good. The setup is this. Washington, D.C. Huge. Dum, dum, dum. Huge audience. Now, why? Well, we, we trace we're, the IP addresses, and they're coming from the Justice Department. <laughs> we're, tra we're trying to figure this out. Is it possible that we're being investigated? Uh, is it possible that, uh, what is it? Joe Biden really likes you. <laughs> I, but uh, what is it, uh, 600, 600 people in the last week or 10 days. 600 people have accessed a podcast. Well, it could be one person listening 600 times, though. It's possible, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we, I never thought about that. We may have an insane, a stalker. Per, an insane person. <laughs> yeah, right. But he's been doing it for a long time, so... Yeah. He's got stamina. He's our number one fan. Any theories out there in radio land or text land or YouTube or Facebook land, uh, anybody can figure out why our biggest podcast audience is in Washington, D.C. And this happened suddenly, what, uh, a month ago, Jonathan? Or month the last 10 days, 20 days. Yeah, it really soared in the last 10 days, yeah. Uh, oh, we have a phone. Oh, we have three phone calls. I'll shut my mouth Thank and you. get to the important stuff. Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome. We're so happy you're here. We do love spending two hours for you on with you on Saturday mornings. And quickly, women represent a huge opportunity for the auto industry. Remember that, ladies. Fifty dollars for the first two new lady callers. Give us a call, please. Eight seven seven nine six zero. 99.60, we're going to get right to the phones. Larry's been holding from West Palm Beach, and we'll get to you others that have been holding. Thank you for your patience. Good morning, Larry. Hello. Good morning. Did we still have you out there in Radio Land? Did we drop you? Crickets. It sounds like technical difficulties. Give, huh? give us a call back. Oh, I know I, I you've been it. holding for a while. We're going to go straight to Howard who has also been holding. Good morning, Howard. Good morning. How are you doing, guys? Hey, Howard. Hope great. everything's fine. Everything's mm -hmm. great. That's great. Uh, I'm stuck in the Bronx now because they're working on my condo. I have no balcony, and so I'm really stuck here. I noticed uh, driving around in New York at night, I get blinded. Uh, in Florida, it never happened. But now I was thinking that uh, they're putting their brights on but then what happened is that uh, a driver was driving next to me, and uh, he had his, I thought he had his brights on. When he pulled over, I pulled over. I said, what, what's the story? Why are you using your brights? He said, I'm not using my brights. So I said, well, I don't understand. You, 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 
your lights are shining above what they should be uh-huh. doing. He says, I, I, put, I put new uh, bulbs in. So I want to know what the story is with uh, Brights. And, uh, and now uh, Toyota has um, a cars that come out that the, the Brights go on automatically. Yeah, so can you explain what the problem could be, why <clears throat> so many people are, are, are having this issue with their uh, lights? I hmm. asked, oh, I, oh, real quick on the adaptive headlights, Howard, that you brought up. Um, yeah, there's a lot of cars that have them. I've, I've seen them. I'm not too sure because they, they, what they do is they detect the headlights of oncoming cars and then they, they go to the regular the low beams, but they do it at the last second. So I'm not quite sure if I'm really uh, protect, you know, help, uh, helping the eyes of the oncoming traffic. Rick, what say you? Yeah, one, one of the issues that I see a lot of times is folks will change out their light bulbs. They'll put new headlights in, but they'll go from being the original factory uh, incandescent bulbs that were designed for the car and they'll put in like I have I've put LED lights in my truck however I also re-aimed them and aimed them downwards more because LED lights have a tendency to throw the light farther out in front of the vehicle thus simulating high beam lights and they if you're going to change the bulbs and put different bulbs other than what were factory original in your car you need to have the headlights re-aimed to make sure you're not blinding other drivers and if they didn't have that done then yes they can quite easily even though they're on low beam they're putting out so much more light and at a greater distance that it will cause a, a blinding effect on other drivers how often uh, one time, how often one did you see that you were able to uh, re-aim the uh, lights yourself with a screwdriver i guess that's not the case anymore uh, it still can be done, but the controls are a little, the, the uh, spots you're getting to are a little harder to get to on a lot of the cars, and they're not all the same anymore. There's some really difficult operations sometimes to aim them. Okay, so you suggest that your car needs, uh, for example, if a car is wearing, and the tires are wearing, and the front end is wearing, eventually you're going to have to re-aim the uh, headlights, am I correct? Yeah, if a, if a car really, when it's getting a lot older, the suspension will begin to, to settle in a bit and things will start to, to drop a little. And actually, you'll wind up with your headlights probably aiming a little lower. Uh, of course, on the other hand, say you're going to take someone to the airport and you've got a couple of hundred pounds of luggage in the trunk of your car and people sitting in the back seat, that may bring the back end down and raise your headlights up some in the front. Interesting, yeah. So they have bodies in the truck? In the exactly. trunk. That'll make a big difference, yeah. See, see a yeah. lot of those lights in New, New Jersey, probably. Yeah. Uh, that, oh, boy. I, you, you really went there, didn't you, Earl? Well, he was going to say New York. <laughs> he didn't he do want to offend Howard, so he had to say Yeah. That. Now, now, it is, of course, it's also possible that maybe there's rear suspension starting to get a little worn and the car's starting to sit a little lower in the yeah. back. And that, of course, will make the headlights come up in the front name. Howard, thanks for bringing up something that I really had not, we haven't thought about. And I like to hear other people's experience out there. I don't drive around that much at night. And uh, uh, people who do, particularly, I think if you were a long-distance truck driver or something, you'd be an expert on that. But there's got to be some sort of an HTSA regulation. There's got to be some law. I don't know of anyone having been pulled over because their lights were not focused or aimed properly, but maybe I'm wrong. Uh, Rick? Now, one other factor that I see a lot, because I, I do travel in the dark. Well, I'll, let me put that a little differently. I generally travel before sunrise going to work a lot, 
And I see a lot of cars on the highway with just their daytime running lights on, which means only their headlights and they're only at about half power and no tail lights. So folks, if you're gonna be traveling yeah. in, at dark, make sure you have your full headlights on so yeah. you've got tail lights yeah. and you can be seen. Howard, thanks for bringing up something we haven't talked about or thought about on the show and anyone else out there that, uh, I'd like to know if anybody's ever been pulled over because their lights were not adjusted properly. I think they should be. I mean, it's a danger to other people. Uh, if you're blinding people, obviously at night. So uh, let us know if you've ever had that problem. Howard, thanks very much. Okay, you know, the, guys, keep safe. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Thank you. Enjoy that crazy weather. <laughs> 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Uh, uh, real quick, uh, Rick, uh, how many texts are, uh, well, you come in, have your car serviced, and they say, hey, listen, we have to uh, set your lights at an angle. Uh this will help you on the road, uh, so on and so forth. Is that information out there for every tech? Is that something new? Uh, actually, for aiming headlights, it's it's kind of an old school talent because who's aware a of lot it? of well, the problem is when we're working and you know it's always daytime, we don't know whether your headlights are aimed properly or not. Mm -hmm. So it's impossible for the tech to know. And actually, the process for aiming headlights now is you have to go quite a bit. We got to find a spot where you can line the car up somewhere, have marks on the wall that are measured, and be able to set the headlights to the proper level and get the main properly. Interesting information, folks. Give us your thoughts, 877-960-9960. We're gonna go back to the phones where we're gonna talk to Larry from West Palm Beach. Thanks for your patience, and Karen, we'll get right with you. Good morning, Larry. Good morning. Welcome. I Yes, I would like to know. Um, I got a letter from, from Earl Stewart, and I'm a loyal customer, saying that they wanted to buy my car back. And uh, I was thinking, if I were to do it, I have a Highlander XLE, that I would possibly look at a hybrid. What are the advantages and disadvantages of a hybrid? Well, uh, you know, Stu probably has got the latest uh, specifics, but I could give you the generality of uh, fuel economy and, uh, uh, you know, the whole hybrid phenomenon, uh, electric power, torque, acceleration, and extremely good uh, fuel economy. So um, that's the reason most people buy them. I think you hit all the bullet points. I, I, was, I thought you might leave out power. Uh, people are surprised. They think getting a... Actually, I think that perception has changed over the years with Tesla. The, you used to get an electric car, you'd get a slower vehicle. But even with the hybrid, all the hybrid versions are typically uh, quicker on the on the line than the, than their gas-powered uh, counterparts. There is a price difference. Any? There is. Yeah, they typically. Um, I, I forgot what the what the difference is now on average, but it's probably a couple of thousand dollars on average than the gas version. It used to be a lot a lot bigger, and it took a long time to see the benefit from gas savings. But right now. Um, people see the gas savings uh, benefit in a very short period of time, probably a couple of years. And are there any disadvantages? Uh, price, it's a little higher price. Higher price. Um, the hybrid battery, um, they are expensive to replace, but they tend to run. Rick, you see them as, as old as uh, how many miles do you see in the shop on average? Uh, I'm going to say lifespan, my best guess, 
is going to be around 180 to 200,000 miles pretty right. much plan right so you're on, you're on borrowed time by that point so yeah so if you plan on driving yeah. it beyond you know 180 200,000 miles you're going to look at you know several thousand dollar expense at some point to to replace the hybrid battery but that's a long time down okay. the road okay all right Laurie, one, yes, one, 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 last, one last point. You got a letter from us asking to buy your, your used car. Uh, all the dealers are sending letters out, and uh, your used car, your Highlander Hybrid, is worth an all-time high. And if you, are, if you do decide to part with it, and you are going to sell it, you should check with several sources. And we found uh, in our experience that these independent sources like Carvana, we buy any car.com, Varun, CarMax, uh, and there's probably another dozen out there. Everybody is going into the buy the used car because of the very extreme shortage. So, uh, if you did, if you, if you don't need your your car, uh, if you can get by without, or if you're gonna, if if you feel like you have to buy another car for whatever reason, uh, don't just take the bid we gave you, but check around with uh, other sources and you will be able to get a top price for that Highlander Hybrid. All right, sounds yeah. great. Uh, and before you go, Larry, are you a first-time caller? I called one time a very long time ago, but I didn't yeah. get in to get anything. I see. Um, your name doesn't sound familiar. Um, as far as what uh, Earl just mentioned, I don't know whether you know this or not, but uh, used vehicles are uh, the the price of them on the rise by 28 percent, 28 percent. And um, Earl mentioned the uh, room. He mentioned uh, I don't think he mentioned uh, drive time buying cars, and uh, we buy any cars uh, dot com. So uh, you you're sitting on something. Well, a lot more than you paid for it. So uh, take advantage well, of that. Well, uh, I wouldn't say that, but uh, it's going to be up there. Well, yeah. it's more of an advantage yeah. today than yeah. it was uh, three years ago. Yeah. Uh, the uh, lots are, well, th their inventory isn't where it should be. So good luck with that and give us a call okay. again. And do I get a $50? Yeah, if we didn't pay you 50 last time, Lord, we will. So yeah. give your contact information uh, to uh, the control room or to, uh, directly to Nancy. Uh, you can text her uh, at this number, 772 772-497-6530. 772-497-6530. And that's your contact information, and I can get that checked out to you for $50. And um, thank you so much for building, helping me build this platform thank for you. women uh, because we have become, well, an important part of the auto industry. Oh. What was your phone again? I'm sorry. 772. 497-6530. 6530. Thank you. You're welcome. Congratulations. Spread the word, Larry. Thank you. I will. Thank you. Uh, we're going to go to Karen, and uh, she is a first-time caller. Good morning, Karen, and welcome to the show. Good morning. Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Great to hear from uh, you. Yeah, my, my question is kind of along the same lines as Lori. I've got a, a wonderful vehicle. I've got an Audi RS7. It's um, 2017, and I've, I've got uh, 30,000 miles on it. And I, I think it's a great time to sell it. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, frankly, I want something a little more practical because everyone's trying to race me all the time. I get bullied. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, you know, and I love going fast in this thing. That can be fun. Uh, oh, it's really fun. Uh, but uh, anyway, I feel like I could get a lot of money for this car. Uh, but I want if if you know, I know it's not a good time to buy a car, but I want something a little more practical that doesn't drink as much gas. Yeah, well, you're right. You know, uh, you will get more for the vehicle than you paid for. Earl, your thoughts? Yeah, yeah. She won't necessarily get more than she paid for it new. So uh, I mean, you know, I mean, it happens, but it's uh, hard to say. Yeah, there's Depends some on, depreciation. Yeah. So uh, yeah, no, uh, Karen, you can have a lot of fun with this because even if you don't sell it, uh, it'll probably give you a certain amount of satisfaction to see how much more it's worth than you thought it was, and. Uh, uh, you can go to uh, Carvana.com, C-A-R-V-A-N-A.com, Carvana.com. Uh, you can do all this online. WeBuyAnyCar.com, just the way it sounds, WeBuyAnyCar.com. Uh, I'm sure you've heard of CarMax. I mean, they're, uh, they're the largest retailer of uh, used cars in the world. And uh, CarMax, C-A-R-M-A-X.com. Uh, for yeah, starters, I've actually bought cars from them before. And then Varum, uh, that's a crazy name, just uh, like uh, the sound of an engine, V-A-R-O-O-M, V-A-R-O-O-M dot com, Varum. Uh, you can start with those, and then, uh, you, did you say you had a Mazda? Uh, no, this is an Audi RS. Audi, okay. You, want to, you could go to the Audi used car department, the local dealers, and let them bid on it too, but... Uh, you're going to get uh, quite a bit. Now, whether you decide to sell or not is up to you, but yeah. it's legitimate. You know, the funny thing is, uh, car dealers have been lying to customers for so long, sending those letters out, we want to buy your used car. And the reason they send it out is not because they want to buy the used car. They want you to buy a new car, and they want to get you in the door. Then they'll give you a, they'll play games with you. That's the way it used to be. But for the past couple of years, there's a huge, huge car shortage, and yes, they do need your car, and they're competing with each other. So we're paying unreal money, uh, money that we would have never paid in the past for used cars, and so are the other dealers. And these independences have uh, jumped up like Carvana, We Buy Any Car, and Varum. They're newbies. They're new guys on the block, and they're driving the price up even higher. So uh, as a seller, you're in the driver's seat. Uh, you, you, you're just going to have a lot of fun. And, uh, if you do sell it, I'd love to hear back from you and see how much you got for it. But it'll surprise you, I promise. Yeah, definitely, Karen. You no, know, I think I think I think I can get ninety thousand for this car. Um, oh. You know, I've, I've toyed with the idea of getting an electric car, but I just I'm not quite there with it yet. And um, I don't know, Earl. What kind of car do you have? Yeah. Well, just, <laughs> Tesla. Just, just remember. <laughs> Just, just remember that you're all. If you buy another car, you're really going to get. Uh, you're going to pay the highest price. So, you know, it's right. you, you can't have your cake and eat it too. You're going to get a whole lot of money for your for your old car, but you're also going to pay a whole lot of money for the new car. So, you have to weigh those. If if you're thinking about buying another car, I'd I would price the uh, the new car you want to buy first, and then find out sure. what you can get for the other one because. You might change your mind. I'll ride a bike for a couple of years. Yeah, I'll ride a bike. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> and Karen, guess what? It's a, it's a good time yeah. to have some fun. And uh, we need a whole lot of that uh, with the, the, well, environment we're living in. Rick had a comment, But you I have think. a lot of options, yeah. and you 
like I said, you can have a good time with uh, just uh, getting more than three bids. You know, it sounds like as if that you have uh, some time uh, to do this, and it does take time. Uh, but uh, <clears throat> stay in touch with us and let us know. I'm going to uh, let Rick uh, take the mic, but first I want to let you know that you need to uh, send me your contact information, and uh, you can do that through the uh, control, and you can talk to our lovely Elise, uh, who is uh, back there, and she'll take your information and pass it along to me. Now, Rick. Uh, the city place down on Okeechobee has got a Lucid uh -huh. store which is one of the new electric car show uh, startups. Very nice. Very nice car. Okay. Really? Okay. They're, they're one to, if you, if you want to even just go to look at them, Lucid is one of the newer car companies, and they, uh, they've gotten some really good interest in the auto world. Okay. Wonderful. Okay, that sounds like a plan. Okay. Thank you. Karen, Thanks thank you. Spread the word. Let the ladies know. I that they're uh, just as important and they can win $50. First two new lady callers. Give us a call again and let us know how this all turned out. Oh, I will, thank you. 7877-960-9960 or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Uh, we are going to go to uh, Marty, who's in West Palm Beach. And uh, Sarah, just hang in there, we'll get right to you. Good morning, Marty. Hi, how are you? We're great. Nice to hear uh, from you. Yeah, I've been away for a couple of weeks. I missed you when you were off, and then I didn't get back on. Uh, I just want to tell you a story about the headlights. I'm in New York State. They have safety inspections, which some of it is a racket. Well, one of the rackets up in, uh, this is in Rochester, New York, when you brought your car in, the guy looks at the tires. You, you brought it to a gas station, usually. And most of those stations were approved New York State inspection stations. So after they looked at your tires and said the tires were okay, and they checked it up a little and said your tie rods are okay, the next thing they did, which was the real racket, they wanted to adjust your headlights. And they adjusted your headlights and charged you. So that was just a racket. Now, I'm sure there's some cars that needed an adjustment, but for the most part, nobody needed an adjustment. So all I could say is people better be careful. And I don't know what your dealership would charge somebody to adjust the headlights, but in Rochester, they used to try to charge you $15, $20 in addition to the inspection fee. What do we charge, Rick? I don't know. I don't think we even have done headlight adjustment in so long. I, I don't know what we would charge for that. Uh. Yeah. Well, I'd say you probably, most cars I'm sure probably don't need it. But like I say, that was just a racket and to get some more money out of people, uh, you know, up north. I agree with that's you. Why, that's why I had to move to Florida so I didn't have to get an inspection. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there there are times that I almost seeing some of the cars on the road. There are times that I think we might would benefit from inspections, yeah. but unfortunately, somebody's always going to take advantage of that sort of situation. Marty, thanks for the call. Really appreciate the input. Okay, 
Okay. Have a good day. Thank you. Nice to hear from you, Marty. You know, on the headlight thing, Alan, um, our body shop uh, expert and insurance expert, texted in on, on his Tundra, and I forgot about this. It has a button, part of the tow package, that lowers your headlights when you when you have a tow um, um, pack when you're towing something. Yep. Because it'll pull the back of the vehicle down. Yeah. Okay. Pretty cool. Okay. Um, 877-960-9960. We're going to go to Sarah, who's been holding from Boynton Beach. Good morning, Sarah. Good morning, Nancy and Earl and all of you. Are you a first-time caller? Well, you know, Nancy, I called once before, and I wanted the money to go to Jackson. You were going to buy him a new pair of sneakers. Oh, hi. I did that. (laughs) Yes, that's very good. Thank you, Sarah. (laughs) I'm actually calling to say how grateful I am about the information on the the, the battery because I have a hybrid. So I'm just calling to say thank you for the knowledge of how long it, how long the battery lasts before it has to be hauled over. Because I have a extended warranty, and I was debating on whether keeping it or not. That kind of helped my my decision. We are, we are a font of information. <laughs> we're, we're really thankful that you've called and let us know that we did help. That's what the show is all about, just yes, really trying to help to the consumer. You. Love you guys. Oh, thank, thank, you. thank you so much, Sarah. We love you more. Oh, thank you so There's much. There's so much love. <laughs> we need more <laughs> love. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye. 877-960-9960. Or you can text us at 772-497-6530. Real quick, I'm going to mention something in the Consumer Report. And this is really interesting. It got my attention, and it's about car thefts, uh, car part thefts, and how they have risen, I mean, sharply. This catalytic converter uh, that we've talked about in the past, thefts are on the rise by, guess what, 100 a month on an average in 2018 to more than 1,200 a month in 2020. And uh, you know why this has been, you know, on the rise, why it's fueled. It's because of, um, you know, precious metal. Precious metal is, <laughs> the prices have skyrocketed also. So just a little interesting uh, tidbit from Consumer Report. Pick up, uh, if you can, or go to uh, uh, consumerreport.org, and uh, you, can, you can read um, all about this. Um, there's so many interesting articles uh, that will help you lease buy, uh, purchase uh, parts, um, so on and so forth. So it's a, a good avenue for you. 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. And don't forget www.youranonymousfeedback.com. Okay, Earl. Okay, what? You're on. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, we got any text too? We do. Uh, well, we got Amory's text has been waiting for us. Uh, Amory says, "Good morning." Granted, no one likes to be told what to do, but there are times when regulations and laws are necessary. I I agree with that wholeheartedly. Don't speed through school zones. Obey traffic signals, etc. Uh, what do you feel are the most important and necessary laws concerning car dealers? Um, and from that's from Amory. I don't know. I'm starting to think that the laws don't apply to car dealers. <laughs> well, I think the most important thing is to enforce the laws we already have, for starters. Yeah. And uh, I, I did a blog uh, two or three weeks ago uh, about the Florida statute. It's been on the books for years and years. And uh, if that statute uh, 
you know, the title of the uh, blog, if you want to go to our website, is how to know if a Florida car dealer is breaking the law. I say Florida car dealer because every, every state has different laws and different fran on the, fran on the uh, car dealers. So, uh, yeah, they, they're not enforced. Uh, uh, the reason being, Anne-Marie, is the fact that uh, they are very powerful uh, lobbyists, and uh, that's our system. Like it or not, we have the greatest system in the world. Uh, I love the United States of America, uh, and I love our political system uh, because it is the best, but it's also very frustrating because uh, if you want to get around uh, the rules, you, you just hire a bunch of lobbyists and you send them to Washington. So uh, speaking of Washington, D.C., they're the number one listener on our podcast. So I, I don't know if there's, a, if there's a link there, maybe the lobbyists okay. are listening to our podcast. I'm not sure what. I forgot they're listening. Yeah, say, so, hey, well, listen, but Amory, there, there's a ton of laws and regulations that um, federal and, and state that the car dealer has to um, pay attention to. We, we do, and we, we keep it clean, but like you said, it feels like no one's watching or no one's caring when, when car dealers do run afoul of the law. So, Well, here, here's a simple example. Uh, virtually every dealer in the state of Florida advertises cars at a price that you can't buy the car for. Why? Uh, and this is even before the pandemic and the uh, ridiculous addendum labels for the thousands of dollars over MSRP that car dealers are charging. But even before that and after that, car dealers are adding hidden fees to the price of the car. Florida statute, specifically, the law in Florida says you, you, if you advertise a price, you must sell the car for that price. And every dealer in Florida, with a few exceptions, is violating that law. Now, why does the Florida Attorney General and all the other regulatory agencies allow that? Because if you want to get elected to office in Florida, you have to have the support of the Florida Automobile Dealers Association, the National Automobile Dealers Association, uh, if you're in South Florida, the South Florida Auto Dealers Association, and the Tampa Auto Dealers Association. Every, I mean, there's, there's so many political action committees and lobbyists in Tallahassee, Florida, that you'd be afraid to uh, push and enforce the law. So mm. uh, that's the way it is. Now, I'm blaming car dealers, but you know, to some extent, let's talk about the National Rifle Association. How mm. about the, how about big auto? How about big oil? <coughs> big uh, tobacco. Big tobacco. Look mm. what happened there. They're still selling. List is They're still list. selling cigarettes. Big yeah, exactly. It should be illegal to sell cigarettes, right? Well, it isn't. Why? Well, big tobacco. So, um, that's our system. Now, before you get down on it, where else do you want to live? I, I don't want to live anywhere else but America. I don't want to live in China. I don't want to live in Russia. Um, I don't want to live anywhere else. It's a great country, but we have our problems, well and that's one of them. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. okay, next text. Oh, uh, we have a caller? We got uh, calls backed up. Busy, busy. Uh, we're going to go back to the phones, and we're going to talk to John from Palm City. Good morning to everyone. Good morning. The morning. female caller that I called was saying she's got a hot rod. Remind me of a car that I just heard, a brand new. It's a Cadillac CT5V. Mm -hmm. It's a black wing. It's a four-door sedan, and it's got 668 horsepower. Got 659 pounds of torque. I didn't even know this car existed. My 600 pounds? I met in high school. 
and it's um, it has a base of eighty-seven thousand dollars. Now they say that that is not selling well. Well, so the CT4V will continue, but after I think this year they'll stop it. But I was kind of shocked because it seems like Cadillac, and and I followed Cadillac's history. It looks like Cadillac was always a leader in in high engines. For instance, in 1930, Cadillac came out with a 16-cylinder. But through the years, up until 1940, Cadillac had a V8, a V12, and a V16. So a good friend of mine that I met in high school, he's a Cadillac historian and a collector. He was born in 1940. He has one of those last 1940 V16s. They only made 61 cars. But it's unbelievable what that kind of Cadillac mileage did that get? Is, is a leader in... Uh, for instance, in 1970, Cadillac came out with a 500 cubic inch engine on an Eldorado. So it's just kind of shocking that Cadillac, of all people, would be a leader. You would expect Chevrolet, Fords, yeah. you know, especially Corvettes. But here's a Cadillac, brand new now, with 668 horsepower. By the way, not only that, that will be discontinued, Chevrolet with this big bomb, and that's a bomb, and the Volt. Okay, another recall on them. They're changing the batteries, but they also have to install a monitor that the battery doesn't get overcharged, and mm-hmm. because they've had the fire problems. Well, but here's a uh, General Motors uh, story of cars that discontinued throughout the years, and General Motors did not have it put together with this uh, electric vehicle. Interesting. Well, one of the reasons that Cadillac especially liked to go to those higher capacity engines, the, the 12, the 16 cylinders, is if you think about it, the lower the number of cylinders, the more vibration you're going to have because they're pounding against each other. More cylinders means actually a smoother running engine. So if you can get a bunch of smaller cylinders using, you know, using about the same amount of fuel or maybe a little more, but of course in those days fuel economy wasn't that big a concern. And if you could afford the Cadillac, what you wanted was that engine, and instead of going brrrr, you wanted that nice, smooth acceleration, that smooth-sounding engine that, you know, you see like the, uh, your local Harley-Davidson motorcycle going around, two cylinders. We're talking about a dinosaur. Cadillac is uh, down for the count. That's what I was going to yeah, say. I was going to uh, say, they're looking... Yeah. I, People aren't driving big, giant, so they're looking for a car yeah. that's going to resonate. T- Tesla is uh, challenging uh, BMW for the number one luxury car, and they're way ahead of the Cadillac. So how many cylinders do you have to put in the Cadillac 26. to make it run as smoothly as an electric car? Uh, 48. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I agree with her all 100%. I did drive my friend's yeah. uh, V16. And it's very smooth, but I wouldn't say it's the fastest thing on the road. Yeah, my, and it's my, some gas burner, so my Tesla, my Tesla has burn. over a thousand horsepower. So you're talking six hundred and sixty horsepower, and I got a Tesla that's uh, almost twice the horsepower, yep. and it doesn't have you know a whole bunch of cylinders. Well, and, uh, Mark Smith on YouTube just came in and says a sixteen-cylinder Cadillac would require one hundred octane avgas or aviation fuel. So, I mean, you'd, in order to keep it smooth and quiet, you'd have to run some uh, pretty good fuel in that thing. That's why most of them are in museums and not being used. <laughs> yeah. yeah. 
right good reason. Well, I just thought that this was interesting because I wasn't aware that they made a Cadillac, a brand new one, with 668 horsepower. Yeah. That's an awful lot of horsepower. Yeah. That's not needed. And the Tesla will run rings around that car, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, if the, you can't blame them for trying. The General Motors is struggling. Uh, Cadillac, you know, he's, you know, if we if we if we all went to sleep and woke up in two years, I don't think Cadillac will be here. No, they're they're going away at Pontiac Oldsmobile. Yeah, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. Exactly. Times are changing. Too many judges that they've had. Maybe they'll get lucky with their electric SUV. It's coming yes. out next year. Exactly. I'm pulling right, for guys, I'm pulling I for GM. What <laughs> on the shopping report? Thanks, John. Thanks, John. Great to hear from you. Hey, John, we didn't talk about my Barracuda. I'm hurt. John, call back so we can talk about the Barracuda. Did you know um, that I could go mm, 155 miles an hour back then? Mm-hmm. My children did. I digress. Okay, 877-960-9960, or you can text us at 772-497-6530. We're going to go back to the phones where Ward is holding, and he's calling us from Hope Sound. Good morning, Ward. Good morning. Good morning. Um, you know, the, you guys might be have to turn the show over to Rick because this country might turn into like a Cuba where we're just going to hold on to our cars forever and just keep preparing them because <laughs> I'm not going to be very valuable. The average price is $47,000 for a car now. And I paid a lot less for my first house. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, isn't I that true? Yeah, too. Yeah. Um, I just don't see it. I mean, I, I think dealerships are dinosaurs. Uh, you know, you, you have any other plans, Earl? Because I <laughs> 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 hope, uh, hope you invested well, because I don't think you, I don't see, you said you don't see Cadillac down the road. I don't see car dealers down the road. Well, I, I, I'm, I'm sad to say I agree. That'd be true. I, I'm sad to say I agree with you. I, I, I think that car dealerships as we know them today are dinosaurs like Cadillac, and it's going to be a whole different way of distributing transportation. And, uh, you know, I'd, I'd love to be able, be alive to see that happen. I, I, think it, I think in 20 years it'll be a whole new landscape out there. But you're absolutely right. It's just a shame that the, uh, you know, the high school system, the school system in this country doesn't still have the tech schools that they used to. Exactly we right. Young, you know, you could go to a tech school and become a... Actually, you know, a Toyota technician can make quite a bit of money nowadays, yeah. or any technician. Can make yeah, we, we, we can't living. hire. We can't hire uh, good techs. We uh, for uh, for a body shop. I was talking to my body shop manager, Alan Napier. He used to be on this show the other day, and we're two or three techs short in our collision report department, body repair. We can't hire anybody. I mean, a, a good body tech can make close to a hundred grand, eighty eighty grand. And uh, there's nobody out there. There, all the all the body repair guys are my age, you know. And uh, yeah. no, no young people are going into it. And the vocational schools aren't turning them out fast enough. If they turn out any, so uh, I wonder what State Farm, Allstate, Geico, and the rest of the insurance companies are gonna are gonna do when a, when one of their clients says, "I wrecked my car," when there's nobody out there to repair them. So it's going to be an interesting world for the next uh, 20 years. Yeah, it's kind of you know it's kind of sad. I mean, I know you said this is the best, still the best country to live in, and I it agree. Is. But it is, it is. Yeah, we yeah. are falling behind on a lot yeah. of things here. Um, but anyhow, let's not get too serious. I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> I understand. I'm gonna keep on. I got, I got a 
Tacoma. I got three hundred and some thousand on it. My wife's got a Ford. It's got up two hundred. So I guess we're just going to hold on to them until this thing blows over. Cause yeah, I don't see. Uh, not a, not a bad move. I, I think one. it will blow over, but uh, it'll never be back to normal. It'll be it'll be different, but it won't be this bad. It'll be different. Well, I appreciate you and uh, your whole staff and crew and everybody. I, I enjoy listening to your show and we'll give you all the respect in the world. Thank you, Ward. Uh, please call, please Thank call you, again. Ward. Thank you for listening. Cheer up, Ward. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be all right. Pull yourself okay. together. <laughs> Um, the ladies and gentlemen, uh, just recently there was an article in the uh, Palm Beach Post. Earl had shared that with me yesterday. And it's about GM. You believe this? GM, ready to sell thousands of its vehicle parts directly to customers. Mm-hmm. Users are going to be able to buy accessories over the air. Yeah, it's going to be a pretty interesting time. Uh, this is all from the Chief Digital Office. Earl, would you care to elaborate? All the car dealers out there, when they hear that, it'll raise their hair on the back of their neck because it's competition. You know, uh, car dealers have a monopoly on selling parts and cars, new cars and new parts. And uh, they are, uh, every state has their, their laws baked in, uh, thanks to strong lobbying, as we talked about earlier. Now, here's General Motors coming out and saying, hey, I'm going to go in competition with the General Motors dealers. I'm going to start selling parts to your customers, meaning the car dealers, Ford dealers, customers, and I'm going to sell them online. Uh, you say, well, what's the big deal? Well, car dealers don't have any competition now, really now. They, uh, there are a few sources of parts. Uh, Nancy and I were talking about this on the car driving in the studio. A lot of people have never heard of rockauto.com, R-O-C-K, like a rock, rockauto.com. Great place to buy new parts. Amazon. Uh, you can buy parts online from Amazon. Now, where they get the parts, I'm not sure. Probably from dealers because the laws currently much support the dealer. Nobody can sell a new car except a franchise dealer. And really, up until now, nobody can sell a new part unless you bought it somewhere else. You can't buy it directly from the manufacturer unless you're a dealer. So this is a crack in the dike for the franchise system and for all the car dealers around, and I know there are a lot of people out there that are listening uh, are getting very nervous about that. General Motors yeah. is a major move, so. Yeah, it's, uh, a, it's interesting, the uh, manufacturers comp competing with the dealers, uh, it's not the first time, and I'm sure Rick has a whole lot to talk about uh, as far as this is concerned, uh, but um, the, you're gonna be able to take a look at catalogs, uh, over 45,000 uh, different uh, repair and maintenance parts, and uh, it's going to be uh, an interesting time. Uh, Rick? All I can say is when people start goofing up and the amateurs that don't know what they're doing start just putting parts on, when they come to me, oh boy. Yeah, well, Earl I'm going to be able to retire early. Well, well, Rick, well, how about this? Supposing they buy the parts online, save a lot of money, and bring them to you and say, now, please install this for me or fix my car with these parts. Or they go to you first and find out what parts do I need. And instead of buying them from the dealer as some sort of a ridiculous markup, they go online, they buy them, and they bring them to you in a box. You put them on, right? Nope. No? Because that would be a conflict of interest between me and you. 
Oh. Because they're buy, if they're not buying the parts well, he, from your parts he, department, he, he doesn't mean you. Literally, and they you want literally. to come to me. Yeah. He, he didn't mean you literally. Yeah. He means uh, uh, now. If I if yeah. I was an outside mechanic, then, I'll give, an the, then I'll give shop. him. The, then I'll give him the Glenn Ballard, and he'll put yeah. them on. But uh, no, he's he don't want, he don't want the job. He, he's an honest man. <laughs> but I mean, the, the the point being though, if they were to come to an, an independent mechanic, what what you're going to see is the independent mechanic now. Instead of buying the parts from Discount Auto Parts or someplace and having a middleman, he's going to be able to buy parts for, say, say I as a customer come to a mechanic, say, with my Camry, and I need an alternator. Instead of having to get one from Discount that may be a cheap alternator that's only going to last me eight months to a year, he can get me a Nippendenzo alternator straight from Toyota at a huge savings from not buying it from Earl Stewart, but getting it from straight from Toyota. He can get a huge savings. I get a top quality part put on my car at a lesser price, and everybody wins in that end. But unfortunately, you as the dealership owner lose out because you didn't get your middleman markup on it. Well, that was, yeah, I understand that. But this is a this is a radio show for consumer, right? And I'm not saying uh, that. That's what I'm just saying. The consumer that's what will we do. Out. That's what we do for two hours every Saturday is show people how they can save money on cars and parts and repair. And by saving money, the dealers don't make as much money. And let's see, I wear two hats. Yep. So, so uh, we're seeing the, the change is coming. Uh, you can buy a car online right now from lockauto.com mm -hmm. uh, below uh, the recommended uh, list price the dealers charge. And that's uh, uh, a great place to buy a part. So uh, I, we, this show for the past you know, two or three years or more has been recommending rockauto.com. Uh, point of this is that General Motors is now getting into the game. If General Motors gets into the game, then Ford may, and uh, Honda may, and Toyota may, and it's it's a uh, crack in the dike of the franchise system for dealers. So let's move along. Yeah. Well, at any rate, the uh, launch date is definitely uh, not been uh, mentioned move yet. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty. Seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero, and a website that I mentioned last week that is really needs to be put out there is www.floridalawprotectingcarbuyers.com. That's what we're here for. Uh, we are. Uh, we have no more f calls for the moment. Uh, Stu, yep. do you want to hop yep. on? I got a text here from Dax and it says, "Hello, good morning, Earl and everyone. Glad you're back. Happy New Year." Um, I have a question about my lease vehicle uh, that's going to be maturing in July, and I want to buy it. The leasing company is offering, um, it's my wife's car, but the leasing company is offering her to return the vehicle right now, and they'll pay the remainder of the lease for si like six months of payment, uh, six months worth of payments. How true is that coming from them? I don't believe it, do you? I do believe it, Dex, but we'll get to that in a second. Um, how soon or how should I do the process? I have the docks and the price of the vehicle and the option to buy at the end of the lease. Can I nego negotiate that price or is it set? And what should I preparing? What should I be preparing to pay legit amount when I buy out the vehicle? Price, dock fee, etc. Um, and uh, so please advise so I don't overpay or get taken advantage of. On the first point, um, yes, um, if they're offering to pay the remaining six, five, six payments uh, for you to return the car early, it, that's not too good to be true because your car is worth a lot more uh, um, right now than it's than it's ever been, 
and they want that car because even after um, taking care and absorbing those remaining payments, they're going to still sell that car at an auction and make a whole bunch of money. Um, if uh, you buy the car at the end, you'll be able to do the same thing too if you like. You could buy it because that residual, your buyout option is set in stone and you, that's the price that you'll buy it for. Fortunately for you, I can almost guarantee that that amount is way below the true market value of your car. But really what, what he should do is establish the market value today yes. and see what the payoff is today. Right. So uh, that's the true comparison between their offer to make all the remaining payments. So it's a matter of a, uh, an arithmetic uh, comparison. You find out how much, how many dollars are you ahead with one, one course or the other, and then you make your choice. And then the other question has to do with um, what should you expect to pay? And that's this is where the, the, the bad news is. Um, I, I'm pretty sure it's almost exclusively you have to go through the selling dealer um, or go through the um, selling manufacturer dealer. It might not have to be the, the same dealership, um, but you have to go through the dealership to buy the car. And this is where things get um, sketchy, especially in Florida. I don't know um, uh, how it is where you are, but the dealer can charge whatever they want on top of that car. They can add dealer fees, addendums, all the same garbage on your own car. I don't think addendums. I think they, they I don't believe. Well, what, I, what yeah. I'm, I'm sorry, yeah. addendum, but they can charge inspection fees um, and servicing and um, dock fees and prep. All, all, they can add a whole lot of garbage to, yeah. to the price of your own car. So um, what I'd look around for if that's the case is if you can take it to any of the, any dealer of that manufacturer. Um, call around and find out what they're charging if you buy off the lease because uh, you might get lucky and find one that's not doing it as uh, as egregiously as uh, as another dealer. Yeah, nobody, whether it's a manufacturer, the dealer, or anybody offers you a price on a car, you're driving today, lease car, used car, whatever, you, you got to look at multiple prices. And uh, back in the day before COVID, I always recommended to get three quotes. Now I'm telling you to get six or seven quotes because... There are so many opportunities out there for high prices on buying a used car, whether it's off-lease or just the car you're driving. Uh, you have, it's just, it, I, I think of it as being fun. I, I almost wish I had a used car I wanted to sell. Uh, I just love to go around and see how much more money I could get for the car than, uh, than what it would have been worth a year ago. Nancy said earlier, uh, it's like 30% difference a year ago, and if you go back two years for what used cars were going, it's even higher. Used car prices are climbing every day. New car prices are plateaued, I think. I think they're coming down a little bit. Okay. All right, let's get on to another text. This one's from Joe, who has got a question about the rear window on his BMW convertible. And here's the text. It says, Earl, I have a 1998 BMW convertible that is in mint condition. Uh, the only thing negative about it is that I haven't, that I haven't addressed is the rear window on the convertible on top. Uh, for 10 years, it's yellow, very difficult to see through. It's possibly a, a, a safety, um, a dangerous uh, safety issue. Um, what would be the best product to restore it, and what steps would you have to take to do a professional job? I've tried to Google a product recommendation by Consumer Reports, but haven't been able to find anything. Um, is it ad adequate to rub it um, out only by hand, or would you get a much better job professionally if you use a buffer? Um, or are there any tips you can give me? Um, so, Joe, I don't know for sure. I mean, Rick, Rick are you Rick familiar with this? Rick will have the answer, right? Uh, well, there's two types of windows that I've seen. Some of them, very few, 
actually had a vinyl yeah. window, a clear vinyl window. Yeah, I don't think it's anything to do with that. That you'd need to replace. Yeah. Um, if it's a glass window, however, there are quite a few models of convertibles that have an actual glass window. I'd be surprised if it's that's plastic. discoloring. Yeah. Yeah, he specified it's plastic. Oh, there, okay. So. Yeah, that I would find a a, a trim shop somewhere local to you. Uh, check the reviews. Make sure you get the the highest quality because a car a car like that I I wouldn't skimp on it. I would find the highest quality shop and then have them replace that yeah. window. Especially that BMW is <coughs> he's describing it in mint condition. Um, and yeah, mint like condition, I say, yeah. I. I would look around, shop around, uh, maybe talk to the BMW dealer and see if they have a trim shop that they use yeah. and find someone that just flat out has the highest quality and has your best interest, wants to really take care of your mm-hmm. car and get it done by someone yeah, You're going to make such a big profit on that BMW, the window's going to be a, a, a yeah. chump change yeah, compared exactly. to the profit you're going to make on that. I'd, I'd hurry up. Uh, Put the money in your yeah. car, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Plus, I've seen what I've seen what you're talking about. Uh, it's that plastic uh, rear vent, and it yellows. And I think yep. they it's, have to. It's do an replace. age thing. Yeah. Yep. Okay, let's go to Al. Al sent us a text. Says, uh, "Hey, Earl, good to hear y'all back on the tube. Uh, sorry to hear some of your staff dealing with this COVID mess. Hope we get through this soon." Uh, Earl, I have a question on financing. When my new Lexus arrives at at the dealership, maybe in the next two weeks, I'm planning on doing Lexus financing, point two two nine percent. He says, is this a good rate? Yes, that is a good rate. Hmm. That sounds like a subvented uh, Lexus rate. Hmm. Um, anyway, so it's, it's 2.229%. The sales price is $48,700. Uh, he says, do I have to give a down payment? You don't have to give a down payment, depending on your credit. If you have good credit, you don't have to give a down payment. Um, also, what would the cost of interest over 60 months of financing? Are uh, you going to make me do math? You can do that on a, on a simple online calculator. Just say uh, interest interest charge sixty months at two point two two nine percent. You'll be pretty close. Um, what's the approximate payment? Same thing. Don't make me do math right now. Tell you when I'm done reading the text, I'll I'll, I'll run the, the the payment for you. But here's the thing: what you don't know, they're charging you forty eight thousand seven hundred dollars for the car. There's going to be um, some fees in there too, so we don't know what the dealer is going to charge. On top of that, um, so it could be thousands more. We don't, we, we don't know. And there might be an alternative cash discount to uh, usurp the uh, subsidized interest exactly. rate. Exactly. So um, check, check that out and compare it. You might uh, anybody buying a car because of zero percent or one percent or in this case point two two percent. Anybody buying a car because of the super low rate. Remember this: all interest rates are super low right now. So if you've got really good credit. Uh, you can uh, finance a car at two or three percent. Uh, uh, so having one percent or point two percent is not such a big deal as when standard rates were like five and six percent. And then you have to decide how long you're going to finance it. Uh, if you're not going to, uh, you're only going to be able to get, take advantage of that interest savings while you're paying your interest uh, on the financing. And you might want to take maybe a thousand dollar or two thousand dollar rebate in lieu of the subsidized interest. So. Uh, you got to do your homework and, and put a pencil to paper and figure it out. Okay. I'm trying to calculate the interest rate here, but <laughs> this online thing won't let me use inter- will only let me use uh, integers and not, not decimals. Okay, so let's see. We have any other text? I think we're all caught up on text right now. Okay. How about YouTube? Is there any YouTubes? Oh, we're running kind of clean on YouTube today. Yeah, okay. what, I, uh, what I said earlier in the show, and I'm a little disappointed, maybe... It doesn't fascinate anybody else as much as it does us. 
but we want to know why everybody in Washington, D.C. is listening to our radio show, and I don't mean that literally, the podcast, the highest number of podcast listeners of any place in the world to Earl on Cars in the past uh, few weeks has suddenly exploded to Washington, D.C. Anybody got a theory? Why are we under investigation by the FBI? Uh, is there a uh, uh, some sort of a political thing going on? Why are people in Washington, D.C. listening to Earl Stewart on Cars podcast? Any, any clues? Uh, text would be welcome. I don't know. Be interested. We get a text. We have any anonymous feedback? We have feedback? anonymous feedback. Yeah. When yeah. we get to this. I'm not going to touch it. Okay. Uh, this just came in, then we'll go back back uh, get through a few of them. Anonymous feedback from onyouranonymousfeedback.com. We don't know who you are, and we can't find out even if we tried. All right, here's the uh, comment. If I wanted to build a new Toyota with the exact options and colors that I want, can I do that at your dealership right now? Does that take up one of your allotted cars, or is it like an additional sale for Earl Stewart Toyota? Do you like when customers do that, and about how long would it take to come in? Well, um, you can do that um, um, online or at a dealership, and you can pick out a, a model of a car um, with the color and the, and the features and options that you want. But unfortunately, um, everything is being ordered now. So uh, you would be able to put in an order, and the, the wait time is anywhere from three to maybe six months for um, on average for vehicles and I'm just talking about Toyota's other dealerships might might be longer or shorter um, but that's about how long and, and and no we don't mind you know putting together the exact uh, car that you want you know it's a it's a customer choice and you can uh, uh, you're only limited by what the manufacturer says you can it's do. a smart way to buy a car today and there's a lot of thought that this is going to be a sea change is going to be a watershed moment on the way cars are retail and I think if you're going to spend average price $47,000 for a new car if you're going to spend $47,000 why not order exactly what you want and wait six weeks or if well, now's the time to do it because yeah. in, in the past you'd go in there and may, maybe you, you wanted this car with the, these these features but they didn't have it in the lot so you sell them for something less exactly. you got to wait anyway so you might as well order that your perfect car I, I, th I think this is the way it's going to be from now on I Should think be. that I think uh, especially for your educated consumers, and we have more and more educated consumers than we've ever had, go in and order the car you want. I mean, uh, the, the game the dealers play now is uh, they advertise the bait and switch, they get you in the door, they got two or three hundred cars sitting around there, and the, the marching orders to the salesman is get that customer in a car, get them over the curb, get them down the highway, and if you if you don't have what he wants, find something that you can put him in that he thinks he wants, and that's the way cars are being sold. It makes no sense, and I think we're going to see, uh, uh, get used to it. This is the way cars are going to be sold. Instead of having too many cars in stock and the manufacturer building too many cars and shoving them down the dealer's throats, which is a term I've used all my uh, career as a dealer, uh, you, you, uh, you have a representative supply and you can see and drive a car of the make and the model you want, and then you order the exact car you want because the proliferation of colors and options and accessories in a car are, is huge. I mean, I, there, if, if I had to have a car in my inventory as a car dealer that, that met the needs and taste of everybody that came in to look at a car, I'd have to carry, what's due, a thousand cars? 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> that's I mean that's actually like one of the, More, I mean, yeah. I mean the goals and stuff. Now it's different, but in the past, yeah, we're trying to get as much as you can. So yeah, we carry uh, five hundred cars, and we but we don't sell them all every month. It's just kind of it's a dumb way to do it. Yeah, it is. It's Stu, dumb. I have a question for you. I yeah. was asked this past week about waiting for a vehicle to come in. Is it in fact six weeks? Has the time shortened? Oh, oh no, no, it's much. It's longer than that. It's I would say. Uh, Three to six months. I heard you all mention six weeks. So I was just curious. Uh, so it's about the same as it was previously. No, no, no. S- six months, not mo- weeks. Oh, six months. Yeah, three to six months mm-hmm. is, is, a, is a typical wait time. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other question I was asked, how this is for Rick. Um, I was asked about synthetic oil. And by a young lady, she was asking me if she should pay extra whenever she does get her oil changed. Um, uh, just a confirmation from you. I told her she should, you know, she should really go to her owner's manual, manual first to find out. Because I don't think there really is that many uh, cars coming uh, through service that re- request uh, synthetic oil. Well, most cars actually now are required for synthetic. Uh, the, the newer cars, older cars, um, to me, it's it's a cheap insurance. Synthetic oil is refined to a much higher quality, and although you should stick with the the recommended mileage that your owner's manual calls for, it can't hurt to spend a little extra if you want that engine to last longer. If you're planning. To keep driving that car till the wheels fall off. What can she expect to pay? Twenty dollars, thirty dollars? Uh, most synthetic oils now are running around ten dollars a quart, eight to ten dollars a quart. Um, Sixty, eighty bucks. Yeah, some some cars it can go as high as twenty-five to thirty dollars a quart for the oil, and conventional oil right now is around five to six dollars a quart. She was quoted thirty dollars. Uh, Stu, what did you just quote? For a synthetic oil change, they run about sixty to eighty dollars. Interesting. Okay, folks. Um, uh, yeah, uh, to uh, Cynthia, I hope you uh, were listening this morning. Uh, to, that's your uh, answer to your question. Eight seven seven nine six zero ninety nine sixty, and you can text us at seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Don't forget, we have a mystery shopping report coming up from. Uh, uh, Johnson Honda of Stewart. We're going to go back to Rick, or go back to Stu. Yep, we got some uh, some more uh, anonymous feedback. The next one came in a couple of days ago, probably referring to last week's show that I wasn't on. Uh, isn't wearing masks in a studio a little over the top? I don't think you can catch anything from callers or YouTubers. Well, you know, I don't want to get into that discussion, but uh, uh, y- yes, it is uh, precaution uh, with the Omicron a virus uh, is analogous to uh, measles, uh, which is something that you can get if you if somebody with measles looks at you because it's carried in the air, it stays in the air, and uh, the mask we're wearing are 95% efficient, and uh, that still uh, gives you a chance. You never know when you've been exposed because uh, uh, often people are asymptomatic. They they carry the the virus and they don't know it. And everybody, children, older people, middle-aged people. Uh, that's the reason we have a pandemic. So, Plus, uh, it hasn't been proven that you can't catch it from YouTube. Exactly. Yeah. We don't know. Never know. We're Never looking know. into it. I'm worried about. I'm worried about Rick because Rick goes to the clubs. <laughs> yeah. But we, yeah, we don't like Holy to get virtually. on that subject because everybody <laughs> wants to talk about it. And this is Earl on cars, and not Earl Stewart on Omicron. 
And uh, if you don't want to wear a mask and you don't want to take precautions, knock yourself out, just don't knock me out or my family or my friends. You know, stay away from us, but uh, do whatever you want to do. I'm not going to try to talk you out of it. Yeah. And nobody can see Jonathan. Guess that's what? That's he's right. in a he's in a huge plastic. That's bottle. why Earl carries a long cane, and yeah. people get too close. He holds them at bay. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, next anonymous feedback. This will be now Earl on climate change. Um, Earl, <laughs> lots of talk in the media that we must stop using gas and diesel vehicles because they are causing global warming, among other things. Yes, uh, many years ago when the ice ages were ending and the glaciers covering North America started melting to create the Great Lakes and the Mississippi River. I wonder if the media was writing on their stone tablets that the world was doomed as they are now. Actually they did. There's a stone tablet that was uncovered. Right, uh, right in the path of the brand yeah, new Mississippi exactly, River. Yeah, yeah, and they yeah. say, guess what? There's a giant flood of water coming. Exactly. Yeah. And so <laughs> we think we're going to have an ice age. So yeah, there was. Yeah, yeah, well, that answers that question. Let's move along. Yeah. There's a lot of folks living <laughs> where, the, where, the, where the Great Lakes are now. Yeah, I've, I've got one here on YouTube for you. Uh, Richard says, um, I suggest you check out the Now You Know channel on YouTube. They aired a show yesterday expressing great concerns about Tesla's service network and practices. Uh, do you have any thoughts on that? I know you, with your Tesla, I know you've been keeping up on Elon Musk's adventures lately yeah I, I one thing i've learned about tesla through the experience of buying one and driving one is that uh they aren't the best when it comes to selling uh they are better than average by far uh their service uh, i haven't had it in for service so i can't comment about that uh quality of the car is not as good as some other cars lexus has higher quality than tesla uh, in a lot of respects uh and so Lexa is not supernaturally uh, amazingly good, but they are a leader, and they have uh, they have a product that is highly desirable and uh, extremely well engineered, and uh, not perfect. So it's uh, I think they have competition, and everybody agrees that there will be competition. Yeah. Okay. Got some anonymous feedback again. Just came in. It says, are you serious about waiting six months for a new car? <laughs> that model will not work. I would wait a few days maybe, weeks, but not that long. I believe that buyers will not react well to waiting six months. Uh, most of us will not be, um, not, okay. Um, well, it's not really a model. It's kind of like a forced situation. We just can't get cars, no dealerships can. And um, thanks. Um, and so it's not really a model, but it is working really well, even though it's not planned. If you didn't hear the beginning of the show, 20, 21 um, was the number one profit year for car dealers, uh, all car dealers, uh, hands down. And they've been doing that exact, uh, doing this exactly, taking orders on cars. Yeah, and the point and, now yeah. is if you if you don't want to buy a car and don't. you want and you want instant gratification, and you go into a car dealership, uh, he's going to charge you far more money than you were going to like to pay. But if you have a lot of money and you don't care about that, then. Knock yourself out. Go in, buy a car on on the showroom floor. It'll charge you probably ten thousand dollars over a sticker, and uh, it'll take you twenty years before the value of the car gets down to where you can trade it back and yeah. and uh, <laughs> feel like you got a fair deal. So yeah, it's all what you want to pay for. If you want to make a if you want to make a, a good buy uh, and get exactly what you want, then you're going to wait six months or three months. Uh, if you can't wait six or three months, then you're going to pay for the privilege of not waiting. It's everybody's individual decision. What's great is you have the option. You want to wait? 
You, you don't want to wait. You want to buy. Any, any, Go ahead. And it's not, an option. Not, not only are you going to lose a lot of money by buying quickly, you're not going to get exactly what you want. No. Probably. I mean, if you go into a Chevrolet dealer and he's got 15 cars in his inventory, uh, do you really think you're going to get the exact options and equipment and color of the interior or exterior that you want? No. So if you want to compromise on what you want and you want to compromise on what you want to pay, you can buy a car today. Anybody will sell you a car today for uh, you know, for their price, not your price, and you'll have your car. Yeah. You'll have your instant gratification. Mm -hmm. And you won't get MSRP. <laughs> Think about that, folks. 877-960-9960. Text 772-497-6530. Don't forget, um, I didn't mention this earlier, uh, but uh, there's uh, Earl's Vigilantes, and uh, you can go to Earl on Cars, and you can sign up and uh, become a volunteer. Look at that hat. Stu designed, Stu designed that. There you go, close Free up. Free hat. Be a vigilante. Uh, Earl's Vigilantes. You can help uh, a lot of different people just by having your experience. Uh, you can help the people in your community. And um, please, we have a lot of great volunteers it's uh, it's it's great. Uh, they really become involved, and uh, like I said, they help people in their community. Also, uh, maneuvering your way around the, um, you know, this digital age uh, that we've been in for a long, long time. Uh, there are a few people that uh, need a little help in that direction. So we're looking for volunteers uh, as well. And you can go to Earl on Cars and get all that information. Um, as I said earlier, we do have a mystery shopping report coming up. And that, that mystery shopping report is from Johnson Honda of Stewart. So you want to stay tuned for that. And most of all, we'd love to hear from you. We want you to vote on that mystery shopping report. And that number is 772-497-6530, where you can vote. We're going to go back to Stu. Yep. Uh, we have a follow-up text from Joe who asked us about cleaning the rear uh, plastic uh, window in his uh, convertible BMW. He said, this is Joe again. You did not answer my question. Amazon sells many restoration polishes, and I want to do it myself. Which of those products would you recommend? Uh, we haven't reviewed any of the Amazon products. Um, like you said, we don't really encounter that uh, that, that often. I do know just from my experience um, in, in used cars that typically when we see things like that, um, that's on an older car and um, cleaning it is kind of, kind of it's beyond cleaning. It looks like it's lived its I life. I thought we came to the conclusion that you can't clean the plastic, that the plastic has a yellow coloration. Right, you can clean it. You're never going to restore it yeah. fully. And I think if, the point is if you have a mint condition um, 1998 BMW uh, convertible, it, in yeah. your best interest is Glass to Glass you can you can polish and clean. Yeah. But a plastic window is permeated with the color, right? Yeah. My, my opinion would be if, if you really, Joe, if you really want to try it yourself, um, look at the Amazon products. Go for the best reviews. Pick the one with the highest reviews and the highest number of stars. And I would take a moment and actually read through some of those reviews. Be sure that they're talking to about. To see what they're looking be at. Be sure they're talking about plastic and not glass, right? Yeah, well, glass generally doesn't discolor as much, but yeah. that that's certainly possible too. I look, I looked it up. There's there's a lot of products, you know, rag tops, um, plastic window cleaner for for soft uh, for convertible yeah. tops and things like that. Yeah. And I'm sure they all clean. But when you have um, plastic that's been pitted and worn by age and hit with ultraviolet for it's the for so long, stiff and it's not flexible. going to. Yep. It will look like crap until you replace it. <laughs> All right, so I think we're all caught up there on uh, text. Well, I've, I've got one on YouTube here. Uh, 
Kyle in Pennsylvania says, Stu, which Toyota dealership was it that ran dozens of cars to the auction? Was it Vero Beach? Yep. What do you think Toyota is going to do to them, or is there any update? Here's what Toyota will do to them. If they sell the cars um, before within 120 days and register the cars, um, they'll be charged back two for one, which means that they will not get, for every car that they sold, they will be penalized two cars on future allocations. Ouch. But that's if they do that. If they keep the cars longer than the the 120-day rule, they can sell them, and there will be no penalty whatsoever. Of course, what you have to look out for is that same dealer advertising uh, current year model. They'll say 2022 vehicles available at this price. They won't tell you that it's uh, been titled into their rental company and been sitting on the ground for four months okay. until you come in, and then you know, then they got you in the door. So you you decide, do I want to buy this rental car that's been sitting there for four months? Uh, at the lower price, or do I really want a new car, which is what I thought I was coming in for when I saw the advertisement. Right. So there are penalties, um, but uh, there's ways around them. I think the gamble, there's other dealers that, that are doing this as well. That was the biggest um, incident um, that we heard about, is uh, the gamble is you're making so much money in these cars um, right now, um, and you'll be able to uh, sustain the um, what they hope is a minor penalty down the road. And they're gambling that the inventory situation is going to improve and it won't hurt them that much. Uh, you have okay. anything else, uh, Stu? What? Um, we have another text from, we have a text from Bob. says, where do you find the paint color code on a RAV4? I think that's on the sticker in the door jam, isn't it? Yes. Uh, look out on the door jam there, and it usually will say something like, uh, I believe, C slash TR. Yeah. And then there will be letters and numbers following it, and the ones that correspond with the C position will be your paint code. And uh, or if you have your old uh, window sticker, it's on the it's on the Monroni label. Uh, Bob, you tell me what color your car is. I'll tell you the paint code. <laughs> well, and the other one is if you uh, go to your local dealership, give them your VIN number. They can tell you your paint code. That's right. They can look it up instantly. We got computers and stuff like that. Yep. <laughs> we can figure these things out. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you know, uh, back to that weight uh, on that vehicle that uh, you may have ordered, uh, Stu, Mm -hmm. quoted three to uh, six months. Uh, uh, You know, uh, sometimes these automakers are leaving out uh, some equipment, and it's due to the microchip shortage. So you really want to make sure to check your new car when it does come in and uh, make sure that uh, those features are installed uh, free. Uh, when you pick up that car. Uh, We are going to go back to the phones. Uh, We don't have much time left for the phones, but we have two callers here. Uh, The Roadrunner is uh, a regular caller. And Bill, hang on. We'll be with you in a second. Roadrunner Steve, good morning. Beep, beep. Hi, hi, Steve. Where'd you go, Steve? I thought I lost Steve. He ran off. Yeah, I heard him. Beep, beep. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Uh, Bill, are you still with us? Yeah. Oh, good morning, Bill. Welcome to the show. Uh, good morning. Stay, stay. I haven't get, had a chance to call lately, but uh, good news, bad news. Okay. Good news is that uh, I'm leaving Palm Beach County. Oh. That's good. The bad news is I'm going to have to try to find you guys online or through someplace else, and I'm going to miss you. Oh. 
Well, we're going to miss you, too. Yeah, you can reach us online, uh, just uh, Earl on Cars. Uh, uh, .com. Uh, no, stream, S-T-R-E-A-M, stream, EarlOnCars.com. And anywhere in the world, just go to that URL, click it on, and there we are every Saturday morning. This is it. I'm retiring. I'm not planning on getting up Saturdays. Okay, well, <laughs> well congratulations. You can do our podcast. They're all recorded. Every show <laughs> is recorded. Yeah, hey, you don't uh, have to wake up, yeah. Before you were talking about uh, customers bringing their own parts to repair facilities, uh -huh. I'm, I'm in and out of shops all day, five days a week. Uh, chain shops, independents, little local, you know, mom and pop shops, and a lot of them have signs saying that if you bring your own part, we do not warranty anything. Well, that's true. They, I mean, you, you could do anything you want. They love to uh, have you sell you the part. They don't want you to buy the part. Uh, it's like anything else. Uh, you heard Rick, he almost had a heart attack when I said uh, what would happen if someone came in with parts they bought elsewhere. Car dealers, the manufacturer uh, suggested retail for car dealers on parts is, is about 40%. Now, that's not a little markup. The dealers then take that 40% markup, and they'll mark it up even beyond that, depending on the part. Uh, some of the high demand uh, maintenance are, are not marked up like that. But if you're going to buy uh, something like a camshaft or a generator or an alternator or an expensive part, uh, you're going to pay through the nose because it, the, the markup won't be 40%, it will be greater. The, the parts managers and the dealerships have their own little department, their own little markup system, and they charge the service department for the part. Service department then uh, passes the part along to you, and they mark it up again. So you got a Ford dealer, you got Ford marks the part up to the parts department, the parts department marks the part up to the service department, and the service department marks the part up to the, uh, uh, the buyer. Now, if you want to short-circuit that and buy a car directly and get a good buy a part directly, uh, then they're not going to like it. They're going to say something like, I won't warranty the part. But why wouldn't they warranty a part if they came to you, if, if you have a General Motors product and you bring your, in the, in the unopened box from General Motors with a VIN number on it, uh, with a part number on it, proving that it was a genuine part, why wouldn't they uh, warranty it? Uh, they're doing that to discourage you from saving yourself some money. Well, that, that's just it. It's more money in their pocket. Exactly, yeah. Uh, it's a, it's all, you follow the money. That's all about the money. And uh, yeah, I, yeah, I encourage you, uh, if you can find a part, uh, check the, you know, when, you're, when you're having a repair done, you want, to, you want to check the total price. That's probably the simplest way. That includes the, the labor and the part. Uh, if you want to break it down a little bit and really do some work, you can, you can compare the parts price, uh, again, with the labor. Uh, if you get a too high a parts price, then buy the part directly. Be sure it's a genuine part. I'd be very afraid of aftermarket parts. Genuine Ford, genuine Honda, whatever your car is, and bring it to them in the box. Be sure you get the right part because uh, you don't know. Uh, you're going to get a diagnosis. Uh, you're going to get an uh, estimate. And on the estimate, it'll show you what they're going to do. And you'll say, okay, what is that part? You find out what the part is, and if the part's, if the part's fair, 
uh, price fairly, then let them use it. If you think you're being gouged, buy the part elsewhere, bring it in, and let them fix it for you. But you need to ask them, like in your case, will you do it? They may say no, then you go somewhere else. Now, also, if you bring your, your car to these little repair shops, look out for disposal fees and uh, incidental fees. Yeah. Yeah, it's a... Uh, Shop supply. Yeah. That, that's, that's a big one. Yeah. Well, listen, thank okay. you very much. We, uh, you know, uh, remember, stream EarlOnCars.com. Uh, we wish you the best of luck in your retirement. And please keep calling the show. You're, yeah. a, you're an interesting guy. Very and we'd educated. Like to, we'd like to hear from you wherever you end up. And uh, good luck and stay safe and be healthy. Yeah, very educated, Bill. We'd thank miss you. you. If you can, stay give by. us a call. Uh... If I if I get up on time, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna I'll start calling you, get you out of bed. Okay, <laughs> you got my number. <laughs> I got your number. <laughs> Thanks, Bill. We're gonna go to the All road. All right, road. guys. Stay safe. Stay healthy. You too, my friend. And, uh, as always, stay happy. All right, sleep in. Enjoy retirement. Thank you. Yes, too. That's the point. Okay, we're going to go to the roadrunner. Hi, Steve. Good morning, everybody. Happy New Year. There he is. Happy New Year. Uh, I was reading this article in the paper about these terms that car dealerships use. Like, they call a person is an ace. That's the customer who comes in and doesn't haggle the price. They just buy the car. Then they have another term they call the paper boy. That's a person that comes in with the newspaper ad expecting to get that price. <laughs> Did you have any terminology like that? Uh, well, I know that we had, um, we, I don't, not paperboard. We had, um, well, this is in the beginning, the, uh, in, in the around late 90s when the internet was first getting popular, we called them internet warriors. They'd come walking in with, uh, but Earl would know more terms going yeah, further I back. Know, than I, that. I just know the real old ones. I, uh, uh, like we got a pipe smoker. These are the guys that were the engineers and the, 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 the they they slow talkers and and uh, overly uh, analytic people, pipe smokers, tire kickers we call them. And then uh, uh, I got some names I can't use on the air that we used to call people back in the day. The bottom line is a lot of disrespect for the customer, and uh, there's a lot of uh, you know I'm on Facebook, and uh, that's uh, you know it, they have a lot of groups they call. There's a group called Car Salesmen, and I joined the group. And you would not believe if you if you if you have uh, if you can get on Facebook, uh, if you have access to Facebook, uh, look up the Car Salesmen. It's just like that. Uh, they have a huge group. Uh, uh, the way it sounds, Car Salesmen, and uh, and you you read the comments, and if you if there's any doubt that the the things I say on this show. Uh, and they say you deprecate car car dealers, you insult car dealers, uh, you know, you blah blah blah. You go to the thousands of car salesmen on that group and read the comments that they have about their customers and the money they make and the price gouging. They are they are in a feeding frenzy now with this sellers with this buyers market. I mean sellers market. Seller's market, they're making, these guys are making hundreds of thousands of dollars, car salesmen, by price gouging and laughing at the stupid customers. So, yes, uh, 
it's it's real and uh, uh, car salesman is a group on Facebook you can join it all you have to do is click on there and you can watch what goes on it's amazing and did you ever hear the term an auto butler yes auto butler sounds like one of these protection packages that they put on the car and they put on the addendums uh, like a paint sealant and uh, okay junk in other words junk my other question is Who's the person that came up with the idea of a key fob? That was uh, Bartholomew Fobb in, in 1822. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I never... But it, was, it was made out of brass back then. I always carry an extra key in my wallet in case <laughs> I leave the key in the car. Now i got to wear the stupid thing around my neck so I don't <laughs> leave it in the car. And... I just found out there's a key inside that key fob. I yep. guess that's why they call it that. Yeah, that's the little mechanical key in case the battery in your car goes dead. And believe it or not, you can actually buy that little tiny key separate, have it cut, carry just that little tiny piece in your in your wallet, and you can leave the key fob in your car, mechanically lock the car, and carry just that tiny little piece with you. Okay, the thing is, I see the key fob opens up the driver's side door, but you can't stick a key inside on a dashboard. It's the push-button junk. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's just to get you inside. Me. Oh, you know what? We have to get... Listen, I'm from New York. I know how to get inside a car. All right. The, uh, <laughs> yeah, so you don't need to hang it around your neck. Gyms, I carry two types of swim gyms in my car. Because I help people out when they leave their keys in the car at Walmart. That's a dying art right there. Uh, Steve, you're a real gem. Well, yeah, but once in a while I'll get in. On the older cars, I could do it. The new cars, I can't. Because you're on AAA, they do it for you. Yeah, the newer ones are blocked. I've seen that little hydraulic bag that they stick in the window to get the door open. Yep. Uh They pump it up. I bought one of them at Home Depot for 20 bucks. <laughs> Is that right? <laughs> wow. Yes, and it lifts up to 300 pounds. Is that right? Oh, it, it would open the door about an inch. Wow. You know, this way, you know, when you pry it open with your hand and you can put that in there, you just pump it up. It's like a blood pressure thing. Right. You just squeeze the bulb and... I'm sure and that doesn't hurt the off. car. And then you've got, you've got a long <laughs> rod. You've got a long rod that goes in through that opening that you then hook the door handle and unlock the door, or you can hit the handle and open the door. And then your door will never and, shut the right way. Well, no, again. then you just put, <laughs> you put the window down, you grab the top of the door, and just give it a little tweak inwards, and it comes right back That's to right. shape. Who steal cars I on the side, Rick? I, 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 think, I think Steve yeah. and Rick are car thieves. Yeah, I <laughs> No, but the day, the day that the, the, uh, one of our rescue dogs from Big Ranch accidentally locked the, key, the door <laughs> really? of the car... And the poor dog is locked inside the car, and the woman came in. Allegedly, accidentally. She was frantic, so I got my little kid out, and I went and unlocked the car and got the car open for her. Saved the the puppy dog. Interesting. (laughs) Hey, hey Steve, you still there? Yes. Uh, We just love hearing from you. Okay, well, I got a... My friend in Pennsylvania sent me a, a, a muscle car sale thing from 1970. Do you know a Superbird was only selling for four thousand dollars? A three forty Duster was selling for twenty eight hundred. 
I was looking at the four prices of the Barracuda and the 70 Roadrunner. Well, yeah. I wish I was back in those days with money. Oh, yeah, wow. but gasoline was eight cents a gallon. Yes. Did you say Barracuda? <laughs> hey, yes, I know who hey. knows about it. Hey, Steve. I, I, had, I own two of them. So. <laughs> hey, Steve, talking about Pennsylvania, back in my neighborhood, I'll tell you what, we got in and out of clock car, locked cars easily. It was a technique that only a Pittsburgh girl could learn and other of it, my neighbors. And, and <laughs> it was illegal. It involved a cement block. <laughs> oh, oh. So hey, it was great hearing from you. Okay, yeah, because I I visit friends in Jeanette. That's on the other co- on the other side of Pennsylvania. Jeanette, wow, I'm familiar yeah. with that place, but that's another show. Hey, Steve, I would love for you to vote on the Johnson Honda of Stewart Mystery Shopping re- Report. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Can you do that? How do I get that? Seven seven two. Just keep listening. Seven seven two four nine seven six five three zero. Just text us. Oh, okay. All righty. Thank you. I'm counting on you. Bye bye, Steve. Okay. Bye bye. Enjoy the enjoy the weekend. Okay, you that too. is Bye-bye. that is our last call. <laughs> and uh, I can see by the clock we're at nine thirty seven. So I think that uh, we might have to get to the mystery shopping report. We need theme music for the mystery shopping report. <laughs> it, wouldn't that be nice? I'm thinking like I'm picturing like uh, like. News music like dun, 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 you know, like important mm. like evening news. Yeah, or, or maybe, like breaking maybe, news. Uh, you know, like from an uh, old TV theme, like I Spy or, or you know, Some, yeah. There's a there's a there's Peter Gunn. There's a few there's a few background music that we listen to from Mad Men. Uh, which uh, yeah, was that amazing? Whenever they uh, 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 Don Draper walked into the dealership and he was purchasing a car for six thousand dollars. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's a great series. Tune in. Mystery Shop, Johnson Honda of Stewart, and uh, uh, you know we we haven't uh, we've been out of town and we just got back to South Florida, and this is our domestic local shop that we did. Martin County. Uh, Stewart is not my, it's my last name, but it's spelled differently. Toyota Stewart, to you people around the world, is in uh, still southeast Florida. Um, last week in Nashville, we were out of town, Agent Lightning uh, found a Nissan dealership that didn't jack up the price with addendums uh, or market adjustments. Uh, it was just, uh, it's, uh, this is happening more and more, folks. The dealers are starting to see the light, a few of them. And every now and then we run across one. Despite having only a handful of cars on the lot and a market, this is Nashville, uh, and a market that justifies sky-high prices, Action Nissan managed to restrain itself and cap its pricing at pretty close to MSRP. Now think about this. If you're anywhere, if you're anywhere in Tennessee and you want a Nissan, Action Nissan in Nashville, I mean, it's worth the drive. Uh, you can actually buy a Nissan pretty close to MSRP, which is uh, 9 out of 10 dealers won't do that. Uh, they did have an $899 dealer fee, a hidden fee, but uh, they knocked $500 off that and uh, ended up uh, like 300 bucks over MSRP. So if you can find a, a dealer that will sell your car 
at that close to MSRP, grab it. Uh, I actually had a guy call me uh, about a Lexus uh, dealership in Orlando, and he had already gotten an offer, believe it or not, for $300 below MSRP, and he wanted to know what he should do. I said, run and buy that car before it's not there anymore, because that is one hell of a deal on any car, much less a Lexus. By the way, Lexus dealers tend to toe the line more so than most any other dealer when it comes to selling you cars at, at reasonable prices. Lexus prices were all, always high, but that was right around MSRP. Now that the prices have inflated so much, they're still selling them pretty close to MSRP. Lexus is a deal, a bargain today. We haven't had much luck finding dealers in South Florida who are refraining from price gouging during the inventory crisis. So this week, Agent Lightning investigated Johnson Honda in Stewart, Florida. For our listeners not familiar with the area, the enormous and rough and tumble South Florida car market stretches from Palm Beach County through Miami-Dade County. I, I, would, I would venture to say it probably even goes from Martin and maybe even to some extent sort of poor St. Lucie. Uh, it gets far worse the, the further worst, south. Yeah. yeah. It's, uh, and then when you get to Orlando, it blossoms up again. So there, there are pockets of craziness around the state of Florida, but nowhere like uh, Dave Broward and uh, Palm Beach County. Uh, Stewart, Florida is located just north of the, of the Hell Zone, the, I refer to lovingly as the Sodom Gomorrah of the car market, uh, Miami and uh, Fort Lauderdale. Maybe we'll get the Nashville treatment up uh, and uh, Stewart, so we tried it. Who are we kidding? We already have a lot of experience in that area, and very few dealers up there are on our recommended list. Johnson Honda, however, is on our recommended list. They earned uh, a B grade when Agent Lightning last visited in December 2020. Lots changed uh, since then, and Agent Lightning uh, was to see if Johnson Honda was too. So now I'll be speaking in the first person as if I were Agent Lightning. I arrived at Johnson Honda in the morning, was greeted by a salesman uh, named John. As soon as I walked in the front door, he asked how he could help and said I was looking for either a Civic or an Accord. I asked him how his availability was, and he laughed. They always laugh at that. But he did say they had an available Civic. He said they just had one that came in last night. I'd experienced games before, so I asked him if he was sure it was available. I'd, I'd been burned before and I didn't want to get my hopes up. John said he was absolutely sure it was available. He also guaranteed it would not last to the weekend. And I kind of believe him. I mean, you know, it lasts until he decides he wants to sell it. And of course, you just have to find someone willing to pay the price. And there's a lot of them out there now. We walked over to the Civic, parked in front of the showroom. I asked John if I was going to get sticker shock. I told him I knew most dealers were doing these ridiculous markups. John chuckled. So the market was really tough right now. He heard that it could be another year or two before it moderated. I told him I'd uh, seen some SUVs marked up 15,000 over MSRP. We talked about one on the show that was marked up 40,000. That was a RAV4 Toyota. 40,000 over sticker. John conceded that his dealership was doing market adjustments, but nothing like the ones the dealers just north of here were doing. He said that up there, they're adding a minimum of 10000 to the MSRP. And he's telling the truth. Not everybody, but 
on the average. That's what we're seeing. We walked around the car, 2022 Civic Sport Touring, with an MSRP of 30865 Okay, remember that number, 30865 MSRP. The addendum was $3,314. Now, that's BS markup, $3,314 addendum. And I always get a chuckle when I see what they put on there. This is, a, this is the creative things that they sit around in their management meeting, and they decide, what can we, what can we charge a customer uh, for this product that uh, sounds good, but we make a whole lot of money on. That's a, that's a brainstorming session. And here's the kind of things they come up with. $299, one year nitrofill protection. And this is this really cracked me up here, which includes high purity nitrogen. <laughs> I mean, that's like selling, nitrogen is nitrogen. Uh, it's like selling water Spaceless. For, for $50 a bottle, and it's high purity. It's a high purity water. Oh, right. This is high purity. That's so, of course, you know, the oxygen and <laughs> the air we breathe is pretty pure, too. 78% of the air you breathe in or put in your tires is also high purity nitrogen, all right? <laughs> Plus, road hazard coverage, whatever that means, roadside benefits, whatever that means. It's the best. And, and I had to read this. I thought it was a typo. <laughs> Reforestation program. I, I thought maybe that was really meant to be restoration program, but it's reforestation program. And, uh, and that's for, uh, they're trying to preserve the planet, right? They, maybe. Global warming. I don't know. It maybe sounds they, obscene. They plant trees. <laughs> Maybe part yeah. of your two ninety nine is plant donated trees, yeah. to um, Sierra Club. They're they're, pla they're, they're pla plant trees, right? Well, Sierra Club does things like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. Why not? Uh, I don't know what th where they get where this money's well, going they, to. You don't know. It, they don't tell you. It but could they be. Just say, it could be landscaping they, for they, Mr. Johnson's home. They promise. Uh, we are planting trees. I can, uh, growing I can marijuana. Show, yeah, I'll show you the tree. I don't know. The <laughs> forest of marijuana. One hundred forty nine dollars for wheel X. Six hundred ninety nine dollars for one year. This, this is hysterical. $699 for one year of paint and fabric protection, which is covered in the factory warranty for three years, right? Uh, I'm not sure about that, but... Well, paint is. Yeah, paint yeah, is. The paint. fabric protection, maybe yeah. not, but I'm like... Well, yeah, yeah I, I would guess that if you had, uh, you know, unless you spilled a, a bottle of ink, on, on the on the yeah. seat. Yeah, that's yeah, that's what. That, usually, that's what these. Your factory uh, is bumper. Your factory is, is bumper it, to bumper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But usually, the fabric protection is exactly for that. If you pour a bottle of ink on it, the warranty yeah. will cover it. But there and, as well. And that wouldn't cover the paint either. I mean, if you had uh, vandalism. But you only so, get it for a year for seven hundred dollars. Yeah. yeah, one year. It, so it says it's totally worthless. I it does? rarely do you see something that's totally yeah, worthless. Two years. Usually, it's worth a little bit of money, but here. Uh, yeah, six ninety nine for one year of paint. That's two, two years. Sorry, it's, oh, it's two years. three, it's three on on the photo. Really? Yeah. Oh, right. okay. So a typo. Shame on you, Stu. No. I wasted ten minutes explaining that. Uh, One hundred forty nine dollars for pinstripes. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Fourteen hundred ninety nine dollars market adjustment. One hundred ninety nine dollars storage guards. Boy, that those go way back. I used to do storage guards when I was a Pontiac dealer back in the sixties and seventies. We made a lot of money on those storage guards. And $270 for theft deterrent protection. Uh, and that's, you know, they etch the glass, cost you 20 bucks, and they charge you $270. Anyway, adds up, list price, this is Johnson's list price. Be careful, when you hear list, remember that's not MSRP. List is 
whoever wants to list it. In this case, it was Johnson. And it's 34000 Johnson oh, listed it. <laughs> exactly. $34,179. I asked John, the salesperson, if I could see the interior. He asked for a few minutes to get the key. He ran inside, back in four minutes. He did the lighting, very precise. John gave a brief rundown of the features, and then we left for a test drive. Along the drive, John told me how crazy things were. Every salesperson says the same thing. He said that even employees had to pay full price, even the addendum items. Now that raises a question about our dealerships, too. Normally we sell employees' cars at our cost. Right. We so ended the uh, employee program because we don't have the cars to get, to get them. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. I could see that where this was going, so I told him I had no intention of paying for any extras like that. John replied that the protection package is pre-installed, but he present my offer when I was ready to purchase. That's the old, you know, back and forth game. I'll see the manager, you know, I'm here to sell you the car as low as I can. I'm going to go to that mean old manager in there, and I'm going to give them a piece of my mind that you're a good person and you deserve a good price. And they play the game over and over and over, over again. Back at the dealership, John told me where to park. He said we'd hide the car and he'd hold the keys so no one else sells it out from under me. <laughs> Unless they got a lot of money and don't care what they pay. We found a desk inside. John asked if I'd ever been to the dealership before. I said I was there about a year ago. He asked for my phone number, uh, found my record of the computer. That made his life easier, he said, because it saved him a bunch of time entering all my info into the system. And every time I read that, uh, this is because Agent Lightning's been around a long, relatively long time. She's hit a lot of dealerships. Yeah. Every time I read that, I keep thinking uh, uh, she'll give her phone number, and then this big sign will have a shopper, Earl Stewart shopper, Misty shopper, throw her out. No, no. But it doesn't happen. Doesn't they, happen. They don't and happen. it's not unusual for people to come back and return to dealerships yeah. without buying a car for years. Yeah, but yeah. I, we have thousands and thousands of listeners out there, people on Facebook, people on YouTube, uh, the, the, you know, the, the, the podcast. What's well, happened? And Johnson Honda doesn't know. Well, we've, had, we've had agents made busted, in, in, yeah, in we the have. field. Yeah. Once in a while, yeah. but not as often as you yeah. think. He asked if I was paying cash for financing. I said I was paying cash unless there was an amazing finance offer I couldn't pass up. John excused himself. He came back in three minutes with a sales worksheet. The market value. <laughs> Which is funny, because they added the, the market value. The market value is how much can I get out of you? How much can I gouge? This is the market value. Uh, MSRP, uh, well, MSRP was 30865 Well, the market value selling price was MSRP. Oh, was MSRP. Then they added everything else. On the, that's a little unusual that the market value was. Well, they, it's, well, they called it, yeah. they, they always do that. They call it market as MSRP, then they increase yeah. the market value. It's yeah. stupid. Uh, okay. Then they added uh, $3,414 on top of it. The total price, I thought, was $34,179, but they added another $799 for good measure, calling it a dock fee. And, uh, you know, that's just a flat lie, you know, dock fee. A dock fee is something that you actually have to pay a bank, mm -hmm. and it's, uh, it's well, anyway. So here we are, back uh, up with a total markup of $4,113 when you add the dock fee in there. I looked it over for a few minutes, and John asked me what I was thinking. I told him, I don't think the car's worth what you're charging. I railed about the uh, items on the addendum, mocking nitrofill. Uh, my goal was to shake him up, 
and I'm sure you do a little bit. He asked if we would have a deal if he was able to shave $700 off the bottom line, getting me to 37000 out the door. I said I'd have to speak with my husband about it, uh, and then he said he'd have to speak to his manager. Walked outside, pretended to call my husband, looked inside, and I saw John talking to his boss. I decided then my mission was complete. Another shop under her belt. Another <laughs> complete. Well, uh, there we are. So, uh, I just, uh, the, the pictures were extremely good. I, uh, I, I was thinking about having this put where we could show it uh, to our Facebook YouTube people. A really clear uh, Johnson Honda. I'm sure Jonathan's done that. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, uh, it's got all here very, very, up. You, you won't be able to read it here, but uh, very clearly depicted on the window. Good photograph. And all that nonsense. Uh, they got to say, for, for all the BS they're charging, they did it pretty clearly on the window. Uh, nitrofill, high purity nitrogen, road hazard, the rest of it. So there ah, we are. High purity. That's some high quality nitrogen. Yeah, high quality nitrogen. And of course, for the, for the new listeners, high purity. people who don't, don't subscribe to the Consumer Reports, Consumer Reports, our Bible, our Consumer Bible, says that nitrogen is totally worthless. It's worth a zero in terms of anything that will benefit you in a tire. So unless you're a NASCAR driver, in which case you're going you know, 225 miles an uh, hour around the oval, you, you ought to use nitrogen. But uh, if you're driving around town, forget about it. Okay, voting time. Votes are coming in. On Facebook, uh, Tim says, Nitrofill, pinstripes, and wheel locks. Where do I sign? D. He gives him a D. <laughs> Um, Andrew on Facebook also gives him a D. And jumping over here to text, we have uh, Bob comes in and gives him an F. F for Johnson Honda. Um, I think I changed my standard last time I was on the show, and um, I can't give him C's anymore, um, even though this is typical behavior, so I'm going to give him a D+. Plus. Hmm. Who wants to go next? Well, I've got Kyle in Pennsylvania, F for the fees. I know you grade on the curve, but I can't send a family member to the dealer without worrying they'll get ripped off. It's an F every time. Negan, F, is there a grade lower than lower than that G, as in get out fast? Go. Aha. Uh-huh. John Strine, this is an F, 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 F. Mark Ryan, F. Tom, D minus, bad, but just ahead of Napleton, would not buy from them. Mark Smith, sad state of affairs at that dealership, F. Uh, John says, oh, John Strynigan says, I tried to get a good price from Johnson two years ago and finally had to walk. Yeah. A couple more um, grades came in, yeah. Oh, you got more over there? Well, I'm just going to say for me, I'm, I would give them the D minus because they did have yeah. everything kind of right up front there. They weren't hiding anything except that $7.99 at the end that they slipped in. But That's true. You're absolutely right about that. But, so at least they were, they were, they were showing it all to you, but... All those markups is just come on, guys. Yeah. yeah. Frank says Johnson Honda was a good dealership years ago. Obviously, they've gotten greedy and need to be avoided. He gives them an F. He yeah. Says P.S. Over a year ago, I bought my son and daughter-in-law to purchase a Honda Ridgeline. I was supposed to receive a thank you gift card for two hundred dollars. They never gave me the money. And uh, Jonathan Wellington says the prices are too high and the extras are ridiculous. But I'll give the dealership a C minus, based on the way things are today. Yeah, I remember when they came in. I, that was back in the day mm-hmm. uh, when. Uh, Treasure Coast Toyota, Toyota Stewart, 
was run by John Pearson, mm -hmm. and it was really a razzle-dazzle, slam-bang, uh, rough-and-tumble uh, dealership. When Johnson Honda came in, it was like a breath of fresh air. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, it was just, uh, they were far more decent and, uh, and good to their customers and, and far less deceptive than the Toyota dealership. Since the Toyota dealership there changed hands, and they're not nearly as uh, rock'em, sock'em as they were. Times like these reveal the true nature of men. Exactly. And I've got one other here from Tim in Florida. He says A+. Plus. All right. That must be uh, I, Mr. Johnson, Tim yeah, Johnson. Yeah, Tim, <laughs> Tim, that's Tim Johnson. All right. Maybe. <laughs> that, is, but, that, that proves that we got the guys listening, right? So thank you, Mr. Johnson. We appreciate your vote. But okay. we, we can't fault anyone for giving their opinion. Tim, thank you. We appreciate your vote and opinion. Exactly. Yeah. Thank you, Tim. Okay. <laughs> uh, Rick, to your point about the exposure of the fees, uh, that's interesting. You know, that's a good point. Um, and uh, you know, fees aren't bad. It's the hidden fees that are bad. And I've got a question, this high-purity nitrogen. Uh, I don't know what that's all about. And also, um, I really have to question this program of uh, planting trees. Uh, where are they planting them? Who's planting them? And are they done what by hand? What kind of trees are they? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of trees? Right. And I am going to give them, because of Rick, I'm going to give them a D minus. Well, you know, actually, that is kind of cool because we, we found a new uh, BS addendum. Restorage, uh, reforestation. Right. Reforestation. Uh, amazing. Yeah. And I, I thought it was a typo. So I, I did too. I, I, had, it, I had to stare at it. I it did. There's no explanation. So. Yeah, it really is done, and it's done uh, because of these uh, natural disturbances that that we have, and uh, brought on by wildfires and drought and um, you know insect yeah. uh, uh, infestation. So yeah. it's. Uh, but I question yeah. it. Okay, I think we're running out of time here. We have, and I want to thank everyone for tuning in. What a great audience! Who would like to have a vote from Earl Stewart? I'm going to give him a. Uh, I'm going to give him a C plus. I, I mean, ah. uh, nothing was hidden. It was BS. But uh, they're getting seven thousand over sticker, and uh, uh, you know that's uh, w w what most dealers do now. It's a Honda dealership, high high demand car. So I yeah. um, uh, folks, I I really hope that we've given you some hope out there um, in purchasing, leasing, servicing your car. And uh, we love you guys. Thanks for tuning in, and thank you, and have a wonderful weekend.